Welcome to the Paragirl Podcast. This is Jared Pitney, and today I am joined by Tyler Russell, who is the owner and operator of George Ray's Drag Strip right here in Paragold, which was started in 1961. Yes, sir. By your grandfather, George Ray's. And I'll be honest, I've known a lot of people who've gone out to George Ray's. I've never been there. Mm-hmm. I'm going to want to go after this podcast. I know that. But I learned some new things about it today, man. Like, yeah. You, that's, that's a big deal. Like yeah, you yeah. are, uh, you know, you're the oldest drag racing facility in Arkansas. Right. You've been featured in ESPN. You're listed on the National Register of Historic Places since 2006. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, sir. Come on, man. That's awesome. Man, right here it, in Paragold. It's it's so cool. And you know, it's it's really amazing the people that's lived here. You know, for 30 or 40 years and never mm-hmm. heard of George Ray's. I mean, I, I encountered at least once a week, you know. I mean, it, and it's known nationally. It is, man. Uh, but, you know, not everybody's into cars. Right. You know, I, I guess is the reason. But, um, you know, we've been in business since 1961, and it really started with a dream. And, uh, man, we've just been going ever since, you know, family tradition, I guess you'd say. Yeah, well, tell me about George Ray. Like, I don't know anything about him. Like, tell me about your grandfather. Man, he... He was an amazing person. Uh, he was the most influential person in my life. Um, you know, I never, my father was absent in my life, so mm. he picked up, you know, he was, and he taught me everything I know. Um, well, years ago, he used to, I don't know if you remember Hoagland's Honda. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, yeah. He used to have a salvage yard right there before, you know, back in the 50s, up until early 60s. And, you know, that's what he did, work on cars, hot rod, mm. you know, and, uh Back then, there wasn't drag strips or, you know, racing places like there are now, you know. So, the closest place you could go to was Halls, Tennessee. Well, all the guys, the out-of-towners, I guess you'd say, wouldn't get treated fairly. So, Hmm. he had enough of it one day, and he told him, he said, I'm going home building me a drag strip. (laughs) And uh, What do you mean they weren't being treated fairly? Like, how does it work in that world? Well, uh, you know, back then there wasn't electronics and stuff, I guess you'd say. So it was literally you just started with a flag and you relied on somebody at the other end. Well, uh, when you live three hours away, you know the hometown guys is okay. going to be calling the races. So If it's anywhere close, they're going to get the benefit of the doubt to the hometown boy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, um, you know, so that's kind of where he got the idea. You know, he told He us literally said, was like, I'm sick of it. I'm just going to go make my own drink. Man, that's, that's what he said. Yes, sir. <laughs> that's wild. Yeah. Which, yeah. you know, he... Um, I guess I'll start back to where he was born. You know, he was born July 8th, 1924. So, I mean, in Puxico, Missouri. And his family was sharecroppers. So, you know, his whole life, until he was 20 years old, he he picked cotton. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what he did. And um, I can remember him Mm -hmm. telling me that, you know, he could pick almost 400 pounds of cotton a day when he was 16 or 17 years old. I mean, man, I couldn't imagine having to make a living like that, you know. Yeah, and it's, so hard work is just mm-hmm. in his DNA. Yeah, man, just bred into him, I guess. And so he decides, I mean, see, how old would he have probably been whenever he decided to start the drag strip? What do you think? Let's see. Guess? You said it was in the uh, 50s? He started the drag strip in 1961. Right. 30s, he started working 30s, on yeah, it. So he's, yeah, so whenever he gets the idea, yeah, he's in his 30s, mm-hmm. decides he wants to start the drag strip. So what did he do? Just like, how man, do you, well, how do you, you know, make a drag strip? Man, know. you know... It amazes me still to this day how he did it. But just, man, hard work and dedication. Uh, you know, he he worked his whole life. Um, you know, even before he had the mechanic shop, you know, he was a sharecropper. You know, they were born in Puxico, Missouri, but, you know, they may be in Florida for three or four months out of the winter picking peaches or oranges or whatever, you know, and then the whole family 
would come back home, mm-hmm. you know, and work here. You know, part of their family would work on a 40-acre farm, and then, you know, the kids would run a farm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's just how you survived back then, you know, it's just helping one another. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, I guess it instilled something in him that he did never want to waste a resource. You know, he was very, he was a very resourceful person. So mm-hmm. he could literally turn something out of nothing. You know, just hard work and dedication. Um that that's just how it got started. So man. did he go and buy like some land? Yes, he did. He um, so he was running the mechanic shop there off of four twelve, and um, he uh, I guess after the altercation had happened at Halls, Tennessee, he had he had knew a farmer here in town. His name was Ralph Ratton. His family still owns the farm that's around the track. You know the rest of the land around hmm. the track today. You know, but uh, he had a little piece of land for sale, and he told him he said, uh, you know, George, you're crazy. You know, everybody thought he was crazy. Yeah. You know, for wanting to put in a drag strip. You know, because it, he was like the the first one who had the idea. Yeah. And that's typically the way it is, right? 100%. Like you're ahead of everybody else. Yes, like, sir. This is not going to work. Hundred percent. Right? Yeah. And uh, you know, everybody thought he was crazy, but he when when George Ray had something in his mind, it was going to happen. You know, no matter what he had to do, he was going to make it happen. And so he buys the property, and then like. Did y'all have to hire? So, did he have to hire someone to build that? Like, so I'm he, sure there's regulation. I mean, how does that work? So, you know, back in 1961, there's not a whole lot of, I guess you say, building codes, you know, or any. Sure. So, um, I still have the tractor that he built the track with. Oh, he built it. Yeah, he built every bit of it. He didn't hire it out. No. So, uh, you know, when he when he worked in the mechanic shop, he knew he was about to get out of that. Well, he would trade mechanic work. Or, or cars or anything of that nature for loads of gravel. So those the gravel guys or, you know, anybody who had solid fill, they were taking it out there to where he was going to build the track. You know, that was his fill dirt to fill in the bean field that he'd bought. And, uh, man, just over time, you know, he made it happen. How long is the track? It's uh, So we race an eighth mile. Altogether, he poured half a mile of concrete. That's crazy. Yeah, absolutely crazy. Of course, you know, over the years, he added on to it as cars got faster. He didn't do it all at once, you know, but. Uh, Opens up in 61 is like, is it, was it immediately a success? Like, I mean, how do you even get the word out back then? Did you ever ask him about that? Man. Because there's no internet, so it's not like, you know, just get on Facebook and right. invite people to this event. You know, everybody says it, but man, I wish I could talk to him for 30 minutes, you know, right now, just to. Um, I guess as you get older, you have more questions, of course. you know, yep. about how things happen and, and all that. But man, he's, he's just always been my hero. You mm. know, he can, it was amazing what he did with the track. And, uh, you know, as time goes on, I guess as his generation, you know, as new generations come forward, you know, uh, it's kind of forgotten about, you know, all that hard work and dedication that he went through, you know, cause it's, I don't know if you'd say it just wasn't passed down. You know, uh, sometimes people get out of racing. I mean, it is, it is an expensive sport. Mm. You know, I mean, it's it's not like it's free, mm-hmm. you know. But um, a, as time changed, people change, you know. But we still have people that was there on opening day that still come out there. Really? Yes, sir. Wow. Yes, sir. Wow. That's cool. My dad, we were talking about this before you came in, uh, said that he used to go out there on a lot of Sunday afternoons. And he said when he would go out there, we went out there with Daryl Dixon, who we found out now, I guess is a big-time family yeah. friend for you guys. Yes, but like, uh, he said it would be packed. Oh, man, yeah. Uh, you know, used to it, Grandpa said there was, you know, 
hundreds of people that you know a thousand people there seemed like every sunday and you know uh but you know that was kind of before i guess you'd say cell phones mm-hmm. the internet social media you know it's a uh, uh you know people don't get out and do things like that like they used to you know um i guess you have everything at the palm of your hands you know you can literally watch way today and just watch all the footage online yeah, anymore yeah. you know but well, even then, you know, sports weren't as nationally televised either. So it's like if you went to baseball watch, was bigger because it was regional, but nobody watched the NFL nearly as much as they do now. Right. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Did you let's see when did I? I guess I didn't ask you this. When did your grandfather actually pass away? Two thousand nine. Two thousand nine. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you were how old? I was eighteen. Eighteen. Mm-hmm. So did you grow up pretty much at the drag strip, like watching? Oh yeah, this? man. Uh, you know, like I said, um, my grandma and grandpa, man, they were a big part of my life. Um, I, my mother, I love her to death, man. She's always been so good to me. But, you know, when I was a kid, she she had to work nights, you know, mm. at Darlin'. She worked at L.A. Darlin' for 18 years. Mm. And uh, so, you know, as a kid, I kind of stayed with grandma and grandpa. And as I got older, I just, man, it, it was just home. Mm. You know, I didn't want to go nowhere. Do they live out there by the track? Yeah. Yes, sir. Man. So that really is home for you. Yeah. Yes, sir. Um, a lot of memories at that strip, I guess, like growing up, man. Like, like, give me, tell me what it's like to be out there. Like, for you, like, what, man, what do you like about it? You know, as I've gotten older, it means so much more to me. You know, like, I grew up in it, so it was just, it was just, you know, life for me. I, you know, I didn't, I didn't realize the importance of my grandfather until it was too late. You know, I'm not going to say too late, but until I was old enough to appreciate, appreciate it, it. Yep. you know, I guess you'd say. What do you appreciate the most about uh, your grandfather, George Ray, now that you're looking back at it as an adult? Everything he taught me. Which should be what? Like, what are some of the lessons that he taught you that... Hard like, work. Mm-hmm. Hard work pays off. Yeah. And, uh, man, if you want something, just go get it. Chase mm-hmm. it. You know, it ain't, it's not going to come to you. You're the second person, you know, Chris Bringard was on last week, um, and, you know, he, Chris, don't let me mess this up, but, like, you know, he, he, you know, started out, I mean, grew up, I guess, middle class or whatever, like, you know, didn't, you know, grow up wealthy, and, um, but ended up starting U.S. Renal Care right here in Paragould, and then it went to, like, 700 locations, and then they were able to sell it for, like, over $3 billion, something crazy about that. That is so cool. He was telling us the same thing you just said. It's like, you know, you go – he's like, I've been around some of the best business leaders in the world and some of the smartest people in the world. He's like, I'm telling you, like, there's not that much difference between the most successful person in the world and just the ordinary person. Mm -hmm. He said the biggest difference is they're willing to take a risk. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you something that really stuck with me. Um. You know, if you want to chase your dreams, you know, you could live comfortably, mm-hmm. you know, you know, have a job, you know, a good paycheck, you know, you could live comfortably and be happy. But man, if, if you really want to chase your dreams, there's, there's going to be struggles, mm-hmm. you know, and times you're like, man, what am I doing? You know, um, when you got a major business expense come up, you know, and I mean, sometimes you're. You know, like I said, you're just thinking, what am I doing, man? And other times you're like, man, that, I was meant for this. You know, yeah. this is this is what I was put on this earth to do. That's really know? cool. That's Well, that's a great feeling. We were just talking about this last week as a staff of, like, everybody wants to live 
uh, in their comfort zone. Yeah. They want to they, they, they avoid pain mm-hmm. and minimize pain at all costs. And there's a price to pay there. Phil Stutz mm-hmm. talks about this. He's a, a psychologist. But, you know, when you stay in your comfort zone, you think it makes you safe, but it really just makes you small. Yeah. Like it limits your possibilities it, and it limits never, your potential. You're never going to grow. Yeah, and you have to, what he talks about is the only way on the other side, the only way to really reach your full potential is to push through the pain. Yes, sir. Uh, to be able to put in the work, to take mm. the risk. Yes, sir. And it sounds like that's something that your grandfather modeled for you. For sure. Hey, you know, and not only my grandfather, father, but my grandmother as well. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. I said, she. What was her name? Bonnie. Bonnie. Yeah, Bonnie Ray. Man, she's, like I said, she's she's been my rock. You know, uh, like every childhood memory I have is grandma and grandpa. You that's know, really I mean, cool, that's man. just. Uh, and like I said, I've I grown up at the track my whole life. You know, I've just, I've. You know, played on it every day, and um, <laughs> until I've got older, I I never realized just how cool that was. Um, and I guess it was really until I had kids mm. and started watching them play out there and things. Mm. I'm like, man, it's come full circle. Now. That is so cool. Yeah. You know, um, did you know? You said your grandfather passed away when you were 18. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Did you know even before he passed away that you wanted to eventually step in and and help take over? Man, I. I'm going to be honest with you. I knew my whole life that's what I wanted to do. Really? Yes, sir. Your whole life? My whole, you know, that's just, um, I I was just in that, I've been in that business my whole life, so it's just second nature. Yeah. And um, that's just what I always wanted to do. Childhood you know? dreams. Yeah. What does that look like to even run a drag strip? Like, I Man, can't even put It's a my, lot of work. Uh, like, tell me know. about what does your, like, kind of day-to-day in that business look like? Well, you know, there's a lot of track maintenance, um, okay. preparation for the weekend, you know, um, picking up trash from people, uh, keeping the grass cut. You know, I mean, it's, you know, it's, you start work Monday and before you know it, it's race day again, you know. And you're, are you trying to oversee, like, the finance part of it as well? Or yes, is that sir. your grandma? Yes, sir. Me and my, so, we, me and my grandmother, we, we team up on that, you know, she's a, She's got a lot more wisdom in that department than I do, for sure. Yeah, she had a little more experience. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And you're also working with, um, you started a thing as Delta Race Promotions. Yes, sir. So uh, this year I started a a company called Delta Race Promotions, LLC. Um, It's a a race promotional company. You know, it's a, I guess you'd say my legacy. You know, like George Ray's drag strip was to my grandfather. He, um. he kind of gave me that outlet, you know, and I'm here back this winter. I was thinking, I thought, you know, I have all these resources at my hands. Like I, I should be doing something with it, mm. you know, not just, not just the track, but, you know, expanding it throughout the state. Mm. And, uh, I love Arkansas. I love Paragould. And, you know, that's kind of the thing behind Delta. Um, I wanted to showcase all the drag strips in Arkansas, you know, mm. not just George Ray's, but, you know, to show, everybody what arkansas has to offer i guess you'd say mm. that's pretty cool that you didn't just want to promote paragold you cared about yeah. these other ones yeah. so you're passionate about just drag race in general yes sir um, I, guess, I guess any kind of racing i mean i i i just love motorsports you know it's i guess it, i was just born into it uh, yeah, yeah. it's just what i do you know. race yourself yeah yeah you got a car i do what do you got man? uh 62 chevy 2 uh, that sounds fast. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm one of those guys who know nothing about yeah, cars. Yeah. I Could I go out there and ro- race my Toyota Tacoma? Yeah, man. Come on. Can I? Yes, sir. It's got a V6 in it. Come on with it. <laughs> what makes for a uh, good racer? Is it all the car? Man, I'll be honest with you. A lot of it's the people. 
That, what? That, Over that, the car? Well, you know, the cars are awesome, but, man, you, you, you make so many good friendships. No, I mean, like, what makes an actual good racer? That's what oh, I want to know, like, what? Dedication. You is there know, is there is there a this is gonna sound like a really stupid question? It's not meant to be. I'm thinking like I'm going straight, right? Yeah. All I need is a fast car mm-hmm. and be able to hold my wheel straight, yes, and sir. I'm I can win it every time. Probably yeah. good. Time. Is that exactly what it is? Well, yeah, but it, it's not that easy. Tell me why it's not that easy. You know, easy. Uh, well, you know, there's different classes you can run. Like anymore, heads up, what they call small tire racing is real popular, and and the small tire classes, it's you know, a 28-inch tall tire by a 10-and-a-half-inch wide tire. Well, um, it levels the playing field for a lot of racers because, you know, you've got to take all that horsepower and put on one little tire. You know, so it's a tuner's game. You know, you have to tune your vehicle to each track. Um, even huh. weather conditions affect your horsepower, you know, or, or track changes. So you have to adjust suspension you know, tune your carburetor. Just, just fine tune to stay. You need to be a good mechanic. Hundred percent, yes, sir. Are the guys who are driving also kind of the guys who are working on their cars? Oh yeah, yeah. For the most part, you know, uh, at, you know, most people, you know, they're specific engine builders, and you know, um, we all have our own purpose, I guess you'd say. But as far as just you know, small things, fine tuning. Yeah, the driver usually takes care of all that. Of all the time you've been out there, what's the What's the fastest car in your mind that you've seen out there that you're like, that would be the grand champion? Man, uh, there's a guy here in town. His name's Ron Poe. He actually has a track record out there and a dragster. Ron Poe. I yeah. his name down here. Um, he, uh, he's got a dragster. You know, it's a 245-inch wheelbase race car. Got a big blown, a big block Chevy on there. But um, he went a 478 and an eighth mile. That's 660 feet. 660 feet and how fast? 4.78 seconds. 660 feet and 4. what? 7.8. So how fast is he probably going? So that's probably, what, 150, 160 miles an hour. Wow. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's you look at quick. race and you're like, man, that's not that hard. But My Tacoma could not do that. T- totally not. <laughs> Might run a 12. <laughs> that's very cool, man. That Yeah, that's, that's great. I... Um, I've got to get out there. Man, you do. When is it? When is if someone like they're listening to this podcast, they want to go out and they want to watch uh, some drag, you know, some, some, you know, they want to go through mm-hmm. the strip and they want to see this happen. What, when, when does it start? So what days? We run every year. Our season's pretty basic. We run the first Sunday in March to the last Sunday in October. And okay. We, it's going on right now. Yes, sir. Yep. We run each and every Sunday, weather permitting. So you say first Sunday in March until last in what? October. We have we do it within the time change. You know, when the days are long, mm. that, that's our race season. Yeah, it's every Sunday. Yes, sir. Okay, what times? Uh, so gates open at 9 o'clock, time trials start at 12, and eliminations start at 2.30. So what time do I need to be there? I'd come 11 or 12 o'clock. 11 or 12 o'clock. Yeah. I'd, get Chris, you know, I'd get Chris to preach for me. <laughs> Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> that's right, that's right. <laughs> You know, during the summertime, we're liable to have people come out there at 7 or 8 o'clock in the morning, you know, just because, you know, we're the only drag strip that has shade trees in the parking area, you know. So you go to a lot of tracks, it's paved parking. You know, it's they, they have nice facilities, but, you know, uh, George Ray's is unique in its own way, I guess you'd say. Um, Grandpa planted those trees, man, back in the 60s and 70s. What kind of trees are they? Man, just all oak oak trees mainly. Okay. You know, good shade trees. But yeah, man. He uh, 
he knew one day that he would need them for his customers, you know, to park under. And he just always. He was a visionary, man. He was thinking about the future. Yes, sir. That's really cool, man. Well, I'd love to, uh, speaking of racing, move into some rapid fire questions. All right. So are you ready for it? Answer these questions in 4.7 seconds. Oh, I don't know. (laughs) I'll try. Yeah, well, they can trip some people up if you're not careful. Um, All right, here we go. What is the last show or movie you watched or the last book or magazine you read? Hmm. I could answer that with Hot Rod Magazine. Hot Rod Magazine. I was reading that yesterday. Chris, have you ever read Hot Rod Magazine? I have seen it because I used to work at a bookstore. Mm-hmm. Okay. We've, uh, they've actually done stories on George Ray's. Hot Rod know, Magazine uh, has? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We've been on Power Block TV, uh, ESPN. Motor Trend. Yeah. Why uh, are they? Why are these, uh, like the magazine, I know obviously ESPN, I knew that before we, our, our conversation. What is their interest in George Ray's? Just the the history. Okay. Yeah. Because it's just been around for so long. Yes, There's sir. not that many that have been around as long as you yes, guys. Yes, sir. Yep. Just keeping it going. You know, there's there's one in Texas called Yellow Belly Dragway, and they've been open since I believe fifty nineteen fifty four. You know, and and besides that, you know, George Ray's is the other the oldest track in America. Are you serious? You know, it's the yeah. second oldest track well, in America. The second. Don't hold me to that. But the second or third, I know it's up there. We're gonna say the second because this is the Paragold podcast, we'll try. and it so makes us all look better. Get out! Nobody correct me. Okay, but we won't quote it, you. It's the second or third oldest, you know, that's still in operation. You know, there's been there might have been some that opened up in the fifties, but you know, might not have lasted ten years. You know, it, it's hard to. I guess in any business, it's hard to stay open sixty three years. I mean, that's a feat. That's incredible. It, is, it really man. is awesome, it, man. It's awesome. I mean, it's a testament to your grandfather and to your grandmother and to you. Hundred percent. So, I think we can claim whatever because there's multiple websites that claim that they're the oldest ever. Yeah. yeah so we could say the oldest. We I'm might as well just say find that. Find out what they, when those years were. Um, <laughs> what did you say that you drive? A uh, '62 Chevy two. '62 Chevy two. Yeah, like Chevy Nova. Chevy Nova. Oh, Chevy Nova. Yeah. Would they you call- let me race that if I show up there this Sunday? Man, come on out. Did you we'll, hear that, Chris? We'll get you in That's there. recorded. I, I I have it. <laughs> I'll be looking for it. No, it's not. Oh, a stick. thank God! <laughs> <laughs> Come on. All right. Uh, uh, what is your favorite band? Man, that's a tough one. You like music? Ah, uh, I do. You know, I, I feel like I kind of like the '90s style music. Yeah, There's, give me give me a band, man. What comes to mind? You think about the '90s? I love '90s music. Man, I can't really pick one in particular. I could listen to it all. Uh, like what? What genre are you? Country? Are you rock? What are you? I like I like country and I like rock. That's about it. You okay, know, so uh, 90s country, country or rock. 90s rock? Yeah, that's it, man. Nothing wrong with that, man. Not at all. A little Shania Twain. I'm in for Shania. Ooh, maybe man. maybe some Dixie, like Dixie Chicks. Yeah, there's nothing. I mean, don't knock it, man. Who don't like the Dixie Chicks? Yeah, there's nothing like <laughs> drag racing with the windows down and the Dixie Chicks blaring out the. Well, we know what night. he's going to be doing Sunday. Yeah, that's right, right man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What is your favorite meal? My favorite meal? I would have to say a steak. Can't you be got good. a certain place you want to get it from? Or are you going to cook it yourself? Man, I like cooking it myself. Ribeye? Sorry, yes, sir. Ribeye. Rib I'm a ribeye guy. Okay. Medium? Like yeah, medium rare. Oh, there you go. Yeah, you are yeah. a steak guy. Yeah. Baked potato? Mashed potatoes? Uh, on the side. Got to have a baked potato. Okay. Baked potato. All right, man. I, I can dig that, man. Steak is probably the uh, number one food, most popular food on the program mm-hmm. podcast. People usually like a good old steak. Um, what is on your nightstand right now? Hmm. Books. 
magazines. That's yep. about it. All right. Give us a snapshot of an ordinary moment in your life that brings you a lot of joy. Just an ordinary moment, but really makes you happy. Man, honestly, probably sitting around the evenings, you know, just watching the kids play. Mm. You know, just quiet time, I guess you'd say. Yeah, how many kids you have? Uh, I got three. Three kids. Yes, sir. I'm right there with you, man. What yeah. are their ages? Uh, 12, 9, and 7. Dude, you're right there, man. I've really? got an 11, about to be 10, and a 6-year-old. Mm. Man, it's it's crazy, you know, as your kids get older. You know, like we was talking about, things come full circle. Um, you know, maybe you find yourself doing what your parents did with you as a kid, and, you know, here you are handing the tradition down again, you know. Mm-hmm. I think that is so cool. And, and honestly, man, that's why I like Paragold so much. It's, you know, I feel like Paragold's full of tradition. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, I, I love calling it home. Yeah. Well, likewise, your kids must be, must be a lot different than my children because you said that you enjoyed watching your kids and you said it was just a quiet time. And well, I thought there's that, no time with my that's kids. That's my that quiet, quiet time. time. Now, the kids, they might be out yelling and screaming <laughs> at each other. Okay. Then they're they like yeah, my kids. Hey. But, you know, that's, I guess I enjoy that in Absolutely, a way. You man. Know? That's good. Well, yeah. Soak it up, man. Um, last question. What is one thing that you are deeply grateful for right now? Uh, I guess where I'm at, man. You know, being able to do what I do with the drag strip and, you know, the just uh, communicate with the people that I get to talk to every week. You know, mm. man, that just, it makes it worthwhile. Mm. You know? It's really cool, Tyler, that you're getting to do the thing that you've dreamed of doing since you were a kid. You know, it's, it's, uh, I, I've learned, uh, you know, running the track, it's, it's not easy chasing your dreams. You know, it's, uh, like we was talking about taking the easy road. You know, mm-hmm. it's, uh, a lot of times you want to, but, you know, uh, if you just stick it out, you know, good things all, good things come if you put in the hard work. Mm-hmm. I really feel that. Well, that is a great place to end. Tyler, yes, thanks so much for coming on. It's really Man. good to be able to meet you and spend Thank some time together. Me. I'm going to yeah. get out there. You save me a spot in the Chevy. I got you, man. Get me some of the, get me the Dixie Chicks, uh, some <laughs> Shania Twain rolling. I'll be out there. Well, next Sunday, you. I'm not preaching. Yeah, for sure, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, thank you. All right, and Tyler Russell has left the building. Um, man, what an incredible story of a guy who, <laughs> I guess he, he feels like he wasn't being treated fairly in Tennessee and just says, you know what, I'm going to start my own drag strip and then yeah. actually makes it By happen. By hand. Incredible. By and himself. then, yeah, man, and I love that Tyler is, is now getting to step into what he said is his childhood dream. Yeah. Like, and, how many people can say that? Like, yeah. yep, that's what I want to do when I was a kid. Like, you actually get to see that come to fruition. Yeah. Passionate about building a legacy. Super cool, man. Yeah, and right there in the same place where he was raised. It's where he's living now. Do you think you would uh, be able to beat that Ron Poe who drove 150, 160 miles per hour? Um, no. What would you feel like in a car going that fast? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think uh, it's good an answer. <laughs> I think that would feel great. Uh, it'd be exhilarating. Terrifying. Yeah, terrifying is probably right. 
Hey, if you're still listening, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, we love uh, getting to do this uh, so that people like you can learn about all the amazing people that are living right here in our city. And uh, if you've not done so to help uh, the more people find and learn about the incredible people here, go to uh, Apple or go to Spotify. Give us a five-star rating. That's not about necessarily making us feel better about ourselves, but it does help people find us more quickly and to hear these stories. And um, if you've not done this, go check us out. We're on different social media platforms, Facebook. Uh, we are on Instagram. Um, we've got some really cool stuff coming up. We're going to be doing actually a food tour with yeah. the mayor, and uh, we're going to be doing a lot of giveaways. You're going to be able to get gift cards uh, to different restaurants right here in our city. So uh, be sure and be looking for that. That'll be coming out in July. So as always, thanks so much for listening. Until next time.